Hi, this is Dave Durr, and today we're going to read in the chapter of Exodus 13, and we'll look at verses 1 through 16. Then the Lord said to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. So Moses said to the people, This is a day to remember forever, the day you left Egypt, the place of your slavery. Today the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. Remember, eat no food containing yeast. On this day, in early spring, in the month of Abiv, you have been set free. You must celebrate this event in this month each year after the Lord brings you into the land of Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites. He swore to your ancestors that he would give you this land, a land flow, flowing with milk and honey. For seven days the bread you eat must be made without yeast. Then on the seventh day, celebrate a feast to the Lord. Eat bread without yeast during those seven days. In fact, there must be no yeast bread or any yeast at all found within the borders of your land during this time. On the seventh day, you must explain to your children, I am celebrating what the Lord did for me when I, was, when I left Egypt. This annual festival will be a visible sign to you, like a mark branded on your hand or your forehead. Let it remind you always to recite this teaching to the Lord. With a strong hand, the Lord rescued you from Egypt. So observe the decree of this festival at the appointed time each year. This is what you must do when the Lord fulfills the promise he swore to you and to your ancestors. When he gives you the land where the Canaanites now live, you must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. A firstborn donkey may be brought, bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. And in the future, your children will ask you, what does all this mean? Then you will tell them, with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. So the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt, both people and animals. That is why I now sacrifice all the firstborn males to the Lord, except that the firstborn sons are always bought back. This ceremony will be like a mark branded on your hand or your forehead. It is a reminder that the power of the Lord's mighty hand brought us out of Egypt. So here in chapter 13, we see a continuing shift from uh, the first 12 and a half chapters of Exodus. And God is beginning to lead his people into a new phase. After 430 years in Egypt and enduring oppression and slavery for many of those years, as well as living in a culture highly influenced by paganism, God is now moving them into a shaping and molding phase. Because the Israelites were his people, he be begins to give them instruction about how they are to live as his people. He's choosing to do so in 
the wilderness of all places, where they would need to depend on him literally for everything. Let me just add something here. This journey in the wilderness was no road trip passing through cities with restaurants, hotels, convenience stores, restrooms along the way. No, God used the wilderness journey uh, to teach them, to shape them, to grow them for both old and young. There was obviously excitement in the air as the people left their oppressors and were now free. But we're about to find out that it won't take long for that excitement to wane and even disappear. As we continue in the book of Exodus, we are privileged to have a front row seat observing our almighty and merciful God relating to and leading his people during their wilderness experience. God knew the journey was necessary for the people to learn about him and how they would relate to him as his people. It had to be a methodical, step-by-step process to change their slavery mindset to a different mindset, a freedom mindset. So what do you think? Can you relate to this? Are you able to think of a time you went through something very difficult and even painful, yet you recognize how you grew in knowledge of God and maybe even experienced his abiding presence during that time? Maybe like never before. In fact, maybe your faith and trust in him even grew a bit through that time. Well, I can. When I look at the various wildernesses I've traveled and lived through in my life so far, time where I found myself crying out to God because of a child's bad decision or begging him to change my circumstances due to my career not progressing as I thought I deserved, or asking God to even turn some bad news about my mom's health into something good, or to remove my pain and suffering due to an ongoing ongoing broken relationship with my brother, or begging God to take away my despair and feelings of hopelessness and to deliver and free me once and for all from something that was handcuffing me. Invariably, I realized when I exited my wilderness and when God freed me from those things that had imprisoned me, God never left me, even though it felt like he was absent more often than not. He was there all along, shaping me, molding me, and chiseling away the stuff that needed to be removed. Why? Because he loved me. He accepted me where I was at, but cared for me so much that he didn't want me to stay in that very place where I was accepted. The wilderness experiences can become overwhelming realizations that God cared about me and cares about you and loves us so much that he's willing to take the time to invest in us and encourage us to trust in him fully transforming us individually into his masterpiece. I found the stark and difficult wilderness experiences to be a place of learning and shaping and growth and even healing. How about you? What have you learned about God and yourself in the middle of or perhaps following a wilderness experience? 
If you're in a wilderness experience right now, what might be some ways for you to anchor into God's promises and faithfulness? What might he be chiseling away? How might he be shaping you in the pain of the process? How might you best respond in the process? As we move together into this phase of the Israelites' journey out of Egypt and now toward the land that God had promised them, I encourage you to imagine yourself in the Israelites' sandals. I believe we can learn so much in this journey as we follow God's people in their journey to the land he had promised them. Try to place yourself over the next several weeks into each experience, each event, each challenge they faced. Then connect it when and where you can to your personal wilderness experience, whether it be large or small. What can you learn about God and how can you relate to him? And today, what might God be saying to you in this passage about the journey ahead and about who he is? And how will you respond in a practical way, not only today, now, but in the days ahead? Let's pray. Lord God, we recognize that our faith and trust in you often grows exponentially when we are in a wilderness experience. God, help us make connections with the experiences of your people leaving Egypt and entering the wilderness. Give us the feet to walk through such experiences and a, really a heart to embrace what you are teaching us in those times. It is our desire to use our stories of deliverance and transformation to encourage and grow others and celebrate your freeing power, your merciful care, your loving presence, your faithfulness with all whose lives intersect ours. In Christ's name we pray, amen.